I love you guys. I love you guys. You can have a seat in the house. I ain't going to be before you long. My name is Bo Norman. Uh, this is my wife, Megan. I pastor at the Hill Church. No, I'm sorry. That's just a typical uh, when we get to go places. Man, I'm so excited. Goodness sakes, was that some preaching this last night and today, somebody? My God. I overheard, we had a little prayer meeting um, after, during the break, and every pastor in the place was praying for Jack Daniels to show up at the church. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Jeremy was fasting, man. We were like, you want a donut? He's like, no, no, I'm fasting. Jack Daniels, come on. Man, I'm excited. Hey, just a couple minutes, guys. I'm, I'm really not going to be for you long. Um, I, I just, there's just something that the Lord put in my spirit uh, that I wanted to share. So beginning of the year, the Lord spoke to our heart. And, and the Lord said, the theme for this year, and it's not that we do that every year intentionally, but we just believe in the voice of God. And, and the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, take the land. This is going to be year. We're going to take the land. And I started shouting. That's right. Me and Stone. Everybody else is quiet, man. I was some prayer. I was pumped up. I was like, glory to God. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go get this thing. I was excited. What I forgot was when Israel would take the land, giants showed up. Come on. I was like, let's go. This is going to be awesome, man. We're going to build churches. We're going to plant churches. We're going to build buildings. We're going to go overseas. We're going to do all this stuff. And then, I mean, all hell. Begin to break loose against us. Anybody? 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 Look at y'all acting perfect in your life. Come on, somebody. God began to give us dreams and visions of, of schools and different things. And in the process of that, all hell began to break loose against our life. And, 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 and in, in, in the heart of this thing, man, I've just been talking with God and, and trying to have those moments. And usually they were moments of pouting, not praise. Come on, somebody. I was trying to pout my way to victory. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It was better than you laughed right there because you're doing it. I see your face when I'm preaching. Come on. I thought I could pout my way in, I, but no, the truth is you do got to praise your way in. Good word, Pastor T.W., man. I, I, Judah always went first saying you got to praise your way in, not pout, but I found myself pouting, man. I found myself, uh, I'm sick a lot. I found attack against my body, attack against our finances. I thought we're taking the land. Bless God, he's going to do something, and everything began to go wrong. Anybody? Anybody? Anybody, man? I was, matter of fact, I struggled to sleep. Can I just be transparent for, I got a few minutes. I, I struggled to sleep. I've got all these issues going on, and I'm looking at heaven saying, now, Lord, you said I was take the land, and how come if I'm going to take the land, how come I feel like I'm getting my tail kicked? How come I feel, if I'm taking the land, how come I feel like every time I turn around, I'm getting punched in the head by somebody? What's, I'm looking at God personally, like, like God, what? is the deal. I found old for old stuff attacking me. I found new stuff attacking me. I'm laying in bed one night. And one of the midnights that I can't sleep, I'm just laying there. I'm saying, God, this sucks. <laughs> Take the land. Yeah. God, I hate this. I can't sleep. And the Lord began to speak to my heart some things. He said, you're letting the enemy kick your tail right now. You're letting things come against you. There's people... This is what the Lord told me. There's people coming against you in the spirit. And he said, you've got to, you've got to take the land. You've got to decide you won't fight this. So I began to pray about this. I began to think about this. And the Lord took me to the story of Elijah. Now, Elijah, y'all, God speaks to Elijah. And he says, now listen, Elijah, you're going to have a dope ministry. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to say it ain't going to rain for a while. And guess what? I'm going to honor your word and I ain't going to let it rain. So Elijah comes up. He shows up on the scene. He says, just so y'all know that God's real, it ain't going to rain for a while. And until I say can rain. He declares it and then he leaves off the scene and he's not heard. Now we read his story, but in all Israel, he's not heard of for like three and a half years. 
He shows back up on the scene at Mount Carmel and he says, hey, go tell Ahab and go tell all those people. We're going to see whose God is really God. Y'all know the story. He said, whoever's God answers by fire, Eddie James, is we're going to see that he's the real God. And, and when fire fell from heaven and it licked up the water and licked up the trench and everybody, it says, they begin to bow their knee to God. Now, you got to understand, Elijah was a man of crazy power. Elijah was a man that signs and wonders, man, they, they just were, they were a part of everything he did. I was reading, the greatest revival, arguably, in all Israel's history. And what happens? He comes down the mountain, and he goes into hiding. And I begin to, the Lord began to speak something to me, even today. And he said, man, in, in ministry and in life, we get mo moments on the mountain, but we often live in the wilderness. Well, I sure would have liked to have heard that before I started preaching. Come on, somebody. Come on. Because I'm looking through the looking glass of social media, and I'm seeing everybody just killing. I thought, man, when I start, when I get there, then I'll have it all together. And, and when I get there, I'll have it all together. And when this happens for me, I'll have it all together. And if we plan a camp, then I'll have it all together. And if I can go over, then I'll have it all together. And, and if I get this, then all of a sudden I'll feel like I'm finally measuring up to something or someone. And, I, and all of a sudden my pursuit became everything else except for it was the heart of my pursuit was the plan of God but my pursuit wasn't the heart of God I found myself in this place not in a bad way we're pursuing the things of God but I found myself always hungry come on somebody always hungry nothing is and that's, that's okay. I think that's an okay aspect to ministry because we should never be satisfied if people are dying apart from Jesus yeah and what I found myself doing was getting up on the mountain and proclaiming and seeing miracles, seeing God do these things and coming down off the mountain and sitting under a tree in, in 1 Kings 19. I found myself coming up on the mountain saying, God's going to do it. God's there. And I'm preaching and they're shouting and I found myself coming down the mountain saying, God, I'm so tired of what people say about me, Jezebel. It says that Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you, dude. I don't got long, so I'm trying to go quick here. He says, Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you, dude. And he allows one word from a woman. Come on, somebody. And he, don't call her a heifer. I heard that. I heard don't. I know I learned not what to let my friends do. I heard that. I heard you preach, Pastor. And nevertheless, he said, this one woman, she says something to him. And, and he's had moments on the mountain. But the problem is, when he got to the wilderness, the wilderness used to be a place that he had an encounter with God. And you see, the brook at Cherith was a place that he felt the presence of God and the Spirit of God provided for him. See, Cherith was a place that he watched God do it. And then he left Cherith to another small town. I feel like preaching rural America right now. To another small town, right? Uh, Zarephath, which was a refinery. And we could, we could talk about a lot there, but I'm not going to. And he, he began to understand that the moments on the mountain were great, but he began to long for the time in the wilderness when he could begin to hear God's voice. But after this encounter, after this revival, after this attack, he found himself what he felt to be completely and utterly alone. This is what he says, 1 Kings 19. They came to a cave and lodged in it, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him. He said, Elijah, prophet Elijah, revivalist Elijah, man, you turn the country back to me. Elijah, what are you doing here? And he said, I've been zealous 
and jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for my people, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword, and I'm the only one left. Man. And, and, and a little bit later, he says the same thing. Two times in just a few verses, he says, I'm the only one left doing it like this. Oh, man, the Lord began to speak to my heart that so many, if I can talk to the ministers in the house, so many of us feel like we're the only one left. We feel like we're the only one doing what we're called to do. And all of a sudden, we begin to use that only thing left as a crutch. Come on, somebody. And I just heard a really good message, how I can't fight the enemy. Come on, somebody. I can't face the giant if I'm crutching off things from the past. Come on, somebody. And Elijah found himself, and he said, God, you don't know what it's like. I'm alone. I'm alone, God. I'm the only one left. I begin to think about David. I really did. So it's so good when you preached on it, Pastor Chad. I begin to think about David. And David shows up on the scene. And Israel and, and the Philistines are talking trash to David. And they're harping on David. And they're saying, ooh, David, you're, you're, the Philistines are like, you're just a little kid. You're, am I a dog that you're going to come at me? And I watched how David, probably in his mind, felt like I'm the only one left. And if I'm the only one left, I'll do it by myself. And that's good, but that's really dangerous. Because when you have a mindset that says, I'm the only one left, I'll do it by myself, there comes a time when you're supposed to be a battle, but instead you're on the rooftop. And you end up sleeping with Bathsheba. Come on, somebody. I, I'm picturing this story, Pastor Chevy. He walks down in that valley, and I'm going fast. He walks down in that valley, and Goliath's like, you're kidding me? You're sending a kid at me? You, you, you're joking, right? You're going to send this, this cute little redheaded kid to attack me. Y'all know the story. He told it. Well, I ain't re-preaching it. He threw the stone, hit Goliath, and killed him. And then it says this, that all Israel chased all Philistine. And I begin to think. I begin to see that and go, oh, my gosh. David was only alone in his mind there was a whole bunch of other people that were just waiting for someone to be a catalyst of life waiting for someone to be a catalyst for hope waiting for someone to be a catalyst for peace waiting for someone to be a catalyst for joy and I read that and I read that from the Philistines perspective and the Philistines were like oh they're afraid of us oh they're afraid of us man they don't want none they ain't got nobody and they send, they send David, and they're like, oh, they're so afraid of us. They're sending their kids to die to us. And then David killed him. And the talk went from, oh, they sent a kid. They're afraid to, oh, God. They sent a kid. What are their men going to do? My God in heaven. I begin to see something new in this moment because all of a sudden, uh, one that they thought there's no way he can do anything to us, the Philistines' mindset. But when the child killed him, all of a sudden, all of Philistine went, oh God, we are taken out. We can't make it because if their littlest, cutest kids are killing our warriors, what's going to happen when the rest of the army shows up? And I begin to hear the voice of the Lord saying to us, what's going to, you may be facing some stuff, but what's going to happen when the rest of the team shows up. What's going to happen when the rest of the army? I have one minute. <laughs> I'm moving fast. Elijah said, I'm the only one left. I'm just telling God, God, ain't, we, ain't no one doing what we're doing. Ain't no one doing what we're doing. God, I'm the only one left. We're going to make phone calls every morning. Every morning. This is awkward because we're holding hands. We're going to, 
No, I don't want to let go. Yeah, we're just going to see how long they look at us. We're going to make phone calls, man. My brother and I talk every, almost every morning. You know what I love about that? Because he doesn't tell me what I want to hear. You know what I hate about that? <laughs> I said, I said, this is what happened. He goes, yeah, you're wrong there. I'm like, shut up. Just be on my side. <laughs> See, there's times I'm wanting to go to the cave because I feel like I'm alone. And I feel like, like, like Elijah it says the fire came and the earth, uh, earthquakes came and it was a violent storm and all this stuff. And I feel like, man, the next time we have a power service, then I'll, I'll feel you again. And then I'll be fruitful again. And then I'll have all the, then I'll be, I'll have my talents back. And then I'll be able to understand that the next time I have a crazy encounter in your presence, I'll understand there's more. But what I kept finding is I didn't hear the voice in that. I had forgot the voice happens in the wilderness. Not on the mountaintop. The mountaintop is a result of the wilderness. This pastor and I said, God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Still don't. <laughs> I have no clue what I'm doing. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to go to this church in Springfield. It's pretty controversial. It's called North Point. They've got a great Father's Day program coming out. He said, I want you to go to North Point. I said, can I be honest? I've told you this story. I said, I don't want to go to North Point. It's Saturday night. I want to go home and go to bed. He said, I know, but I want you to go to North Point. I said, why? He said, because I want you to. So I went. Mind you, I'm, I'm, life is good. We're growing. I'm having a lot of mountaintop. But I'm remembering I'm living in the valley. So I go, I show up, and it was great service. Uh, worship was good. Message was good. Couldn't tell you what preached on. Uh, no offense. I remember Zacchaeus from two years ago. I'll, I'll never forget about the, the wife thing from this, this year. If you get it, buy the DVD from North Point Church. <laughs> I showed up. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I show up and, <laughs> and it was great service and worship was good. And I got home that night and I was like, okay, Lord, that was good. I stole all their ideas. I heard someone say just a few, a little bit ago, they said, great leadership is stealing another leader's ideas and forgetting where it came from. <laughs> so I had, a, I had a college student that was going to college up there, and she, when she was home, she'd go to the hill, and she looked at our connection card, she went, okay, this looks a lot like North Points. I mean, it is North Points in a new color. Come on, somebody. <laughs> She's like, this welcome book? I mean, it looks just like North Points with a different face on it. It is just a different color. It was good. So I called Pastor Jeremy. I said, dude, you're awesome. Can I buy you lunch sometime? Which was weird. Um, I think he thought I was kind of stalking him, and I was a little bit. Um, so he actually bought me coffee so that I could, so there was, he, that, that I knew there was, that, you know, nothing was happening there. And so uh, he, we, we go and have coffee, and they, we just talk. We just talk. And he just, he just shared with me, said, I'm here for you if you ever need anything. And I can't tell you how many times, Pastor Jeremy, can I hold your hand too? <laughs> I want you to. I can't tell you how many times how many times this man and woman of God have just spoken life at the right time or called at the right time or texted at the right time my Faith and Tyler go on a songwriting thing because that's what they do apparently that's a thing that people do 
I wrote a song one time called the fire song. I'll play it sometime for you. It's not spiritual. It's stupid. But it's catchy and it got me an A in the fire academy. <laughs> they said, you really need to connect with this pastor. They're doing big stuff in a small place. His name is Pastor Jason Dodrell. So I looked him up and I sent him a friend request and I said, I think I sent him a message, I think. Also kind of, I'm good at these awkward things. Uh, sent him a message and, and we've talked several times. I just met him for the first time though yesterday. Um, I was afraid to shake his hand because he's been sick. Um, but we just got to connect. And, and what I learned is there's other people doing big stuff in small places. See, I, at times we feel like we're Elijah and we're saying, God, I'm the only one left. Yeah, I, I understand I'm around people, God, but I'm the only one left. Ain't no one doing what I'm doing. I'm alone, God. God, how come? You've always got me in the, God, I'm alone. And I love God's response. He says, what are you doing here? He says, I'm alone. And in verse 15, God says, okay, now go to the wilderness. God, I need a fresh touch. God, I need help. I need someone to encourage me. Okay. Go hunting. Come on, somebody. Glory. <laughs> go to the wilderness. I got you. It's so crazy. He says, go to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you're going to anoint a new king. And you're going to anoint another new king. And then you're going to anoint Elisha to be in your place. He says, I understand you feel alone, but when you feel alone, you have to understand there is a difference between being lonely and alone. Lonely is perception. Alone is when no one there. I promise you, you are never alone because he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. But there's times you might feel lonely. And when you're feeling lonely, can I steal a good word from a few minutes ago? It's time to reach because you got some brothers that are willing to answer the phone if you call. You got some pastors that are willing to say, I don't know you, but I'll respond. You got some pastors and some pastors' wives that said, I don't know you, but anything I have, you can steal. <laughs> so I got new Acura today. You're alone. You got to reach. You got to reach. It's not everyone else's uh, prerogative to reach. Sometimes you have to reach out. But what we do is we go into a cave and we say, God, I'm alone. And God says, What? You're alone? He says, No, 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 no. Verse 18. I have 7,000 more people. You thought you was alone. That's because your eyes are shut. You, you allowed some good mountaintop experiences. You allowed some quiet, lonely wilderness times to put blinders on your eyes. You begin to see your life only from your perspective. You quit having a vision for what I'm doing in the region. And all of a sudden, because of hurt and because of, of all the attack and because of all the, all the things that are going against you, even though there's tons of people that are for you, You've backed into a cave. And you're lonely. But you're not alone. He says, I've reserved 7,000. My God. My God. We're in, a, we're in a pursuit in our day and age to be original. Right? We are 
time. We're like, I'm going to be original. I'm going to be me. And I think that's okay. But our pursuit, you always hear, like, man, just be original. You're the only you. I think all that's good. Be original. Be original. So I kind of, we kind of adopted that. We're going to be original. We're going to do our own thing. We're going to be original. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, I'm not really looking for originality because there's nothing new under the sun. He said, I'm not looking for you to be original. I'm looking for you to be authentic. The problem is, we're trying to be the first us. We're trying to be original, and God's going, originality doesn't impress me. Authenticity impresses me. Authenticity pulls me to you. When you're authentic in your approach, when you're authentic in your pursuit, all of a sudden, I walk in the place. Because I inhabit those praises of authentic worship and adoration. Elijah's here and he's saying, God, I'm so tired. And God says, I understand you're tired. I understand you're lonely, but you're not alone. Don't quit. Keep going. And look what he says. I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. Look what he says. He says, go anoint two kings and a prophet. He says, he's saying, Elijah, it's not about your fruit. God, I just turned the country back and now they're going to kill me. God, I've been doing all this for you and ain't nobody care. I've been serving the church and ain't nobody thank me. I've been, do, I've been trying to do better about serving my spouse, but she don't or he don't seem to mind. God, I'm tired. My God, Elijah. God, I'm tired. I'm alone. God responds to Elijah. He says, quit going, Elijah. The problem is, he says, you've got it all mixed up. It's not about what you do, but it's about who you're pouring into. See, the problem is you're lonely because you've refused to uh, you've refused to pour into other people. The call of God is never for us to be a spiritual lone ranger or to be a spiritual prophet hiding in a cave. The call of God on every one of our lives is to have community, to have a Peter, or I'm sorry, to have a Timothy that we're pouring into and some Pauls that are constantly pouring back into us. See, the problem is we're trying to be original and God says don't be original, be authentic because when you're original, you don't receive advice from nobody else in the room but when you're authentic you're saying pour into me I'm dry pour into me I don't know what to do next pour into me I'm a little lonely pour into I love this he says it's not about what you do it's about who you're pouring into and look what happens look what happens next he walks up to Elijah he throws his cloak on him I promise I'm done he throws his cloak on him and, and he walks off and Elijah's like what are you doing and Elisha's Elisha's like what are you doing Elijah's like what have I done to you and Elisha's like well first let me go let me go say goodbye to my mom and dad and Elijah's like just leave me alone I'm trying to leave you hear what he's saying here you hear what's going on I'm reading fast I'm sorry he's saying God I'll obey you but I don't want to Oh yeah, I'm going to throw my cloak on the guy. I'm going to throw my cloak on the kid. I'm going to obey you because I trust you and I love you. But I don't even want to cast this cloak on the guy. On Elisha. And Elisha's like, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean, Elisha's? Elisha's like, I'm just plowing in a field. Elijah says, I ain't done nothing to you. Go do your thing. Elisha says, listen to what Elisha says. He says, hold on. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. He says, let me say goodbye to my mom and dad and I'll follow you. And he said, go back again for what have I done to you? 21. And he returned from following him and took a yoke of oxen and sacrificed it from them and boiled their flesh with the yokes of oxen, with oxen, oxen and gave it to them for the people. And they ate and they arose and went after Elisha and assisted him. 
Pastor Teddy, I never saw this in my life until the Lord took me to this place about people and ministers feeling alone. This is why we do what we do, y'all. Because nobody's alone. There's lonely times. But you're never alone. Elijah's like, I'm alone. God's like, no, you're not. You're just not looking. So the mission I'm sending you on, yes, it's to appoint and anoint, but more than it's to appoint and anoint, I'm sending you looking for people like you that you can connect with, even if theology is a little different. I'm, I'm sending you people you can connect with, even if cities are different and all this stuff. Elisha says, okay, fine, let me go. And then he says he, he, he took the yoke of oxen and, and he took his, his, his ox and he, and he made a sacrifice to the Lord and he burned the oxen and made this sacrifice and then they ate it and we read right past that part and we preach that part and it's so good. But I saw something I've never seen in my life, uh, First Lady Stone. I began, as I read this, I went, wait a minute, what was Elijah's excuse? He said, God, I can't do it. There's no altars left anymore. He said, there's no one else making sacrifices to you anymore. He said, there's no altars. That's what he said. I've been jealous for the Lord of hosts, for the people of Israel, forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars. Elijah said, the people destroyed your altars, O God. And Elisha supplied what Elijah thought lacked. When we're looking, when we're looking, God will send you the people who supply. You need to hear this. When we're looking, when our eyes are open saying, okay, God, I feel lonely, but I recognize I'm not alone. I, I, I feel lonely. Yeah, it's true. And I feel like I'm the only one left, but I'm looking now. When we're looking, God will send people that have supply for your seasons of lack. And I've looked at these men of God and, and how there's, they brought seasons of supply. Man, I was in a super, super dry place, Pastor Stone, when you invited me to Power of God Ministries in Flint, Michigan. I said, I'm going to go preach at a black church. And I'm going to fit right in. I was up there. We were doing this altar call this last, last, well, last month. It was, it was beautiful. It was a mixture of heaven, man. There's black people and white people. And, and there was a few, maybe, I don't know, some, maybe Hispanics. And I looked at them and I said, guys, this is what heaven looks like. I said, matter of fact, this is what my town, Stockton, Missouri, looks like. I said, we are a very diverse city. We have every shade of white people there is. The best part about it was all the black folk thought it was hilarious. All the white folk got nervous. It was funny. My point is there's seasons in our life that God sends people to us. And if we're not careful, our indifference will cause us to be hiding in a cave when they're supposed to be holding our arms up. He sends people into our lives. He sends parents into our lives to train us and raise us so that we can do what we're called to do. But if we're not careful, indifference will cause us to hide in a cave. Indifference will cause us to hide into a cave and say, well, God, if no one else cares, neither do I. And God's saying to someone today, it's time to come out of the cave. It's time to come out of the cave. God said one time, I'm going to send you to this church and it's, they're going to have way different belief systems than you, but I'm going to make sure the chairman of the board is a spirit-filled believer and he's just going to cheer you on when other people won't. Pastor David.
Because if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll allow all the issues of life to make us feel alone and make us retreat and run away from the very things that God has called us to do. So I'm trying to tell someone today, you're not alone. It may be lonely, but you're not alone. It's time to come out of the cave and lift up your eyes to the hill where your redemption draweth nigh. It's time somebody reaches across the aisle and says, I don't have to believe everything just the same as you. But what I know is I believe Jesus like you believe Jesus. And I need a brother that will encourage me when I'm down. See, I think the problem is we are so big on how we're different versus saying, God, I just need some people in my corner. I just need some people cheering me on so that when I show up to the battle line, I feel like I'm alone. And as I attack the enemy, they start running. And I, I know it's not because of me, but they're looking behind me at the war cry of all my family, of all my friends. And the, as Tim, you said, retreats in seven ways. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. There's a fourth man in the fire. You're not alone. Come on, you're not alone today. Would you put your hands up when we sing this real fast? There's a fourth man standing there in the fire. There's a fourth man standing there in the fire. You're not alone. 